Hey Doctor Who fans, and welcome to the Big Blue Box Podcast. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And welcome to episode 330. One day, I shall come back. Yes, I shall come back. Until then, there must be no regrets, no tears, no anxieties. Just go forward in all your beliefs and prove to me that I am not mistaken in mine. Our lives are different to anybody else's. That's the exciting thing. Nobody in the universe can do what we're doing. I've reversed the polarity of the neutron flow, so the TARDIS should be free of the force field now. You may be a doctor, but I'm the doctor. The definite article, you might say. The trouble with time travel is, one never seems to find the time. Change, my dear. And it seems not a moment too soon. Unlimited rice pudding, etc., etc. I am the doctor. For now, for this moment, I am the doctor again. The ground beneath our feet is spinning at a thousand miles an hour. And the entire planet is hurtling around the sun at 67,000 miles an hour. And I can feel it. We're falling through space, you and me. People assume that time is a strict progression of cause to effect. But actually, from a non-linear, non-subjective viewpoint, it's more like a big ball of wibbly-wobbly, timey-wimey stuff. I could be a curator. I'd be great at curating. I'd be the great curator. <laughs> I could retire and do that. I'm the doctor. I've lived for over 2,000 years, and not all of them were good. I've made many mistakes, and it's about time that I did something about that. Bit of adrenaline, dash of outrage, and a hint of panic knitted my brain back together. I know exactly who I am. I'm the Doctor. Sorting out fair play throughout the universe. Hey Who fans, welcome to another week. This is in fact episode 333, so thanks for adding the three on there dude. <laughs> I wasn't sure if I'd misheard. I was like, did he say three? <laughs> I can hear it. What's so he going on it. about? So uh, yeah, he could, <laughs> I thought if he hasn't said it, it's 3,033, which we will be on one day. <laughs> I'm sure, yeah, with our brains in jars, still waffling <laughs> about. <laughs> yeah, the marinous jars, I love the thought of that. Yeah. <clears throat> Pickled brains in jars, yeah. Adam's got the <laughs> sniffles, by the way. Oh. He's not well, bless him. Man flu. Yeah. Blimey man flu. There won't be any sympathy, though, listeners. Not from Gary. He never does. <laughs> he never does. No, it's never any sympathy. No. no. I normally give my kids 24 hours. <laughs> it's like you get, you get the, oh, it'll be okay for 24 hours. And after that, it's business as usual. Yep. Strange. Yeah, I know. I thought I was feeling better as well. I woke up yesterday. I was like, ah, oh, feeling a lot better today. I think I'm shaking it off. And then, oh dear, today it's come back with a vengeance. That's annoying, you know, when that happens. It's, uh, yeah, a bit of a relapse into the old. No, I got up. I was doing a little you. dance around the bed. I was like, hey, I'm, <laughs> I'm back. <laughs> as Adam's cartwheeling out the door. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and then it hits you again, doesn't it? You get that second wave of. Of unpleasantness. I, yeah. I was like, "Oh no!" <laughs> Hello. Yeah, yeah. It's um, yeah. I feel you, dude. I feel you. Mm. So you can have some sympathy for the first couple of minutes of the show, and then 
And then that's it. And then that's it. Get myself over to the TARDIS uh, yeah. food machine, see if it does penicillin. Yeah, that'd be all right, wouldn't it? Pushing the big buttons. Yeah. You need one of those dispensers from uh, any Red Dwarf fans will know what I'm talking about. So in uh, on Red Dwarf, there's a uh, the vending machines that you can go up to. and They had it in the first couple of series anyway. You just press a button and say what you want. So like coffee or fish. <laughs> I vaguely remember it, yeah. yeah. So you need one of those, don't you? Medicine. Yeah. Smoke me a kipper, I'll be back for breakfast. What a That's guy. the only line I know for Red Wolf. <laughs> <laughs> Classic. Yeah. Red Dwarf's on the list, you know, of all the podcasts that I want to do. It's on there. Yep. It's a long list though, isn't it? Yeah, well before that we've got our Wurzel podcast and we've got something else we were going to do. We're going to do another one, weren't we? I can't remember what well, that was. I wanted to do Blake 7. Oh, Blake, you, yeah. You only watched two episodes, so that's not happening. <laughs> <laughs> I will revisit, dude, when I've got nothing else to watch. I'll, uh, I'll revisit It's a that. bit like, um, who is it? We were, what were we talking about the other week? Where I was, it's like, I, I get, uh, I try not to get offended because I love Blake 7 like that. We were saying about people who, if you don't like the same programs, then they, they then switch off and don't give you the time of day. <laughs> it's like, as soon as someone says, I don't like Blake 7, I'm like, oh, well, goodbye. <laughs> see ya yeah bye bye yeah, thanks nice nice meeting you goodbye <laughs> well similarly I'm like that with Red Dwarf dude and Lord of the Rings yeah. isn't it was that the other one Lord yeah, yeah you had big, someone the Lord of the Rings yeah. big Tolkien fan and yeah. yeah just can't you just can't waste mental energy dealing with people that don't like that stuff these days I think it's an age thing dude like probably if we rewind time 20 years ago and we were talking to people a lot more open-minded and like oh you don't like it oh that's fine you know blah 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 but now we're at this age when you get past 40 and it's just like i don't like that okay we'll buy uh, I, I, <laughs> I hate to break it to you but i'm not a massive lord of the rings fan i, <laughs> I know i, I know. will watch them I'm quite happily sit there and watch them but yeah not the biggest fan do you know what the red dwarf i did used to yeah. dip into though yeah used to like that at the time it's not so much that did like if you're like if you're like, oh i don't mind a bit of red dwarf here and then i haven't I know a few people that haven't even seen it all. They're like, yeah, I don't mind it. I haven't seen it all. That's that's cool. Or like you just said with Lord of the Rings, you don't, you know. Mm. It's the people that are like, I don't like it. Yeah, I, don't, I just don't like it. It's not my yeah. thing. I don't want to watch it. It's like, okay, see ya. If anyone ever said that about Wurzel Gummidge, that would be an absolute. Oh, that would be a. That would be a door in the face. Yeah, that would be a couple of backhanders <laughs> straight away. It'd be like, a, it'd yeah. be like, what? Pass me the phone book. I don't think I've ever had anyone say that. I don't think so, no. No, but if anyone ever did. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so social bullying aside, talk to me about LFCC. Talk to oh, me. What yeah, happened? yeah. Yeah, it was good. Really good. Because I, I made a very uh, last minute decision to go. As as I told you, I would. I was, because of the way the, the cons have been and um, such uncertainty. And my God, guests were cancelling like left, right and centre right up until the event. Uh, really late cancellation as well. There was no way I was going to go to that um, and spend money on train fares and stuff unless I knew almost 95% certain that the guests I wanted to meet were going to be there. Um, so I left it right to last second. And uh, on the Friday night, uh, I would have liked to have gone up on the Friday night because it's three day of ember. I couldn't afford that. So Friday night, I booked my entry ticket, didn't book any photo shoots at all, was still being really cautious, uh, went up on the Saturday just to sort of see what it's like, and uh, I really wanted to meet Sasha Dwan, you know, the master, um, that was my main goal for the day really, I wanted to try and keep it simple, not, you know, uh, not meet too many people, um, and he was there on the Sunday as well with Joe Martin, and I was hoping to do them 
both on the Sunday and just go up for the one day. But then, of course, LFCC released their photo schedule and he was early in the morning. I couldn't get there. I was like, right, going to go up on the Saturday, get Sasha, going to go on the Sunday, get Joe Mine. Uh, and that's what I did. And it, it worked out unbelievably well. I really wasn't sure what the organization was going to be like. I've, there's been so many issues behind the scenes with Showmasters uh, with not refunding. They now give vouchers. If a photo shoot's canceled, they don't refund anymore. Oh, it's just, I'm just like, was so cautious with it all. Um, but I went up on the Saturday, mate. Um, because of COVID, the numbers are massively reduced. So it was, honestly, the whole weekend was the most pleasant LFCC I've been to. Uh, it reminded me, I think <laughs> you were with me, weren't you? Were you at the, what was the sort of one that they did early on in the year, like at March time? The spring one. Couple, yeah. The spring one, a couple of years ago, where we both said, didn't we, this is how they should do it. This is nice. You know, it's not oversold. We're not just crammed full of people. Um if you saw any of the photos and that, you'll you'll notice that, you know, the, the numbers there were massively reduced. So it was just, you could actually walk round. You know what I mean? You weren't sort of crushed against other people. You could walk round. Um, the amount of guests there were, were at practically halved. So you, you weren't rushing around trying to get to different photos. You, just the stress was just completely taken out of it this year. Um, I have to say, because of COVID, really, because... Everything had to be scaled back, and it was just so nice, mate. Honestly, I, I just had a couple of photo shoots each day. In fact, on the Sunday, I only had one, and uh, I just walked around, and I was getting to meet people and just chat. And Because you know what I'm like. I'm normally darting about like a madman and I just try, oh, I can't stop, I've got to get to a photo shoot. <laughs> None of that. I was just like, yeah, I've got a photo shoot in an hour. I'll just have a little wander around. I got to, actually got to see some of the stalls. Um, met some some guys come up to me um, to say how much they enjoy the podcast as well. So shout out to 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 you guys if you came up. I know there's a chap called Simon who I hung around with uh, for most of Saturday. Hello, Simon. Yeah, so it's really nice, you know, people coming up and just having a chat. And uh, got to meet Sasha Dwan, absolutely lovely guy who sat with his dad. And uh, this is the other thing. Normally, you can get your photo shoots booked, but trying to get an autograph, you get that silly queuing ticket don't you? And in in half the time, you never actually manage to get to the number on your ticket, oh, so you yeah. don't get to get yeah. an autograph. None of that. I was just like straight up to meet Sasha, pretty much. I had about three people in front of me, and there's a few people. Just, you know, it's just like, it was, this is what I mean. It was just so nice. I actually got to get an autograph at this event, which was something new. Um, so, yeah, got to meet Sasha, really nice. And then on the Sunday, got to meet Joe Martin, a uh, fugitive doctor. All I can say is she was just absolutely brilliant. Um, I got a photo shoot with her. I, again, I managed to get her autograph. Um, it seemed a little bit busier on the Sunday, actually, but not not too much. And uh, she was brilliant, mate, honestly. She was so much fun. And in the morning, because uh, of the blooming trains, I, I missed most of it. But her and Sasha did a Doctor Who panel. And um, I managed to catch the last 15 minutes. I think I missed about 20 minutes. But what I saw, those two together were hilarious. I mean, they were really bringing the house down. And uh, I'm not sure if this is Joe's first, like, big con. Uh, I got the feeling it was her first big convention. I think somebody said it was anyway. But she just seemed to be loving it. And she was really going down well with the crowd and really, react, you know, interacting with the crowd well. Um, and her and Sasha together just made a great pair. And there was a lot of banter on stage and, and stuff like that. So it was a brilliant weekend. I, I, I so... I think I said to you, you know, last week I was thinking of going, but I wasn't sure what to expect and whether to even bother with it, you know, and all that sort of thing. Um, but I'm so glad I went. It was it was a really good, really good weekend. Yeah, and those guys were great to me as well. That sounds awesome, dude. Yeah, yeah. very cool. Yeah, yeah, 
Yeah, in a way, it sounds very weird to say this, but um, in a way, COVID has sort of helped manage the the number of people in these kind of events, I suppose. Uh, so obviously, you wouldn't want COVID in any shape or form in the world, of of course. But as a result of it, it has limited the numbers in these venues. So it does feel a little bit more relaxed and not as much of a like sardines in a can, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I mean, compared yeah. to previous years, it was, yeah, definitely like that. And also, you had to show proof of double vaccination or a um, 48-hour lateral flow test to get in. Nice. So there were yeah. there were safety precautions in there, and people were wearing masks, I would say, but some weren't. It was a bit 50-50, but, yeah, it felt like there was plenty of room to just keep away from people, which was good. Uh, I forgot, I almost forgot you, I did also meet um, Tommy Knight and Anjali Mahindra, never sure if I say their name right, so Luke and Rani from the Sarah Jane Adventures, of course. They cool? And yes, they were, they were really, because um, Anjali, if that's how you say her name, sorry, mm-hmm. she's she's uh, dating Sasha at the minute, so they kept popping over to each other's tables and talking to each other and stuff, so it's cool to see those guys just wandering around, but no, they were both really, really nice, and uh, Tommy's like, because we're so used to seeing him as this sort of fresh-faced teenager, it's really weird to see him now all like he's sort of turned into sort of a grungy teenager. He's got like the, the big woolly hat on and stubble <laughs> and stuff. And it's like, who's this? You know, so, but he was cool. He's, he's, he's a bit of a dude now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, bit of a dude. But yeah, they, both those guys are really nice. I've got a photo shoot with them as well. So yeah, yeah. So it's all good, mate. That sounds awesome, man. Yeah. There was a lot of Star Wars. There's a lot of Star Wars stalls there. You'd have liked it. There was loads of Star Wars stuff. Of course, there was a million Funko Pops as well. Uh, but course, uh, there yeah. was a lot of black series Star Wars um, figures uh, mm. downstairs. Yeah, yeah. You'd have liked nice, it. Nice. I wonder if the um, if the spring event for LFCC will be any good. Yeah. Well, now, yeah. yeah I mean, I know they're going to keep ramping up and getting busier and busier. But uh, after after this weekend's experience i am now more tempted to go to them mm-hmm. but um yeah i don't know we'll see we shall see we'll see we'll see, we'll see. yeah <laughs> a nice one dude so yeah that my my week of who pales in comparison because i haven't done anything not done <laughs> anything hooey uh compared to yours so i'm glad you had a good time though dude that's very cool yeah yeah it's cool it's always good to hang out there's a lot of cosplayers and stuff there as you'd expect so that's always <laughs> always good yeah it took a million pictures i finally got a new phone hooray oh I finally got storage God. i yeah. finally got storage <laughs> i was filming and it was like uh it's like i'd got you know got freedom i was in my element i was yeah i did a bit of filming and took about a thousand pictures and yeah for oh, those of you great. that uh <laughs> if you're listening uh and of, of course you're listening but if you've not heard us talk about adam's memory woes before <laughs> this is a, a a big relief for all of us because not only does uh, adam get miffed off when we're at an event or out somewhere and he's like oh i've only taken ninety two thousand photos so far now i've run out of memory and i can't take <laughs> yeah. any more uh we all hear about it yeah. for a little while <laughs> I'll have to keep deleting all my apps. I'm yeah. like, Gary's like, oh, I've sent you a message on Messenger. I was like, oh, no, I've deleted that. I've, I've run out of storage. I'll delete Messenger. <laughs> so now, I mean, God knows how long it'll take me to fill up this this phone, probably a week. But um, <laughs> yes, I finally got extra storage. Good, good, good. Yeah, which is, is good for future cons, yeah. Indeedy. Yeah, yeah. Okay, dude, before we crack on and update you guys on what's going on with ratings and synopsis for some upcoming episodes and whatnot and whatnot, remember to follow... Uh, our podcast in whatever podcast app you listen to your podcast on just do a search for the big blue box podcast or head over to the website big blue box podcast uk there are links there at the top of the website to nip off to all of the big ones you know apple spotify stitcher 
Amazon, Google, all that stuff. We're on all that. So if you go and find us, head uh, over to the website. And on the website, you can read all the reviews and articles from our amazing writing team, which is very good. Maria is giving us her thoughts on Flux as well. So uh, as the dust has settled even further from when we do it, she's uh, doing a bit of a deep dive into those uh, each each episode. So go and check those out. They're very cool. And we've got some big finish reviews as always. Uh, so go and check that stuff out. We're on the socials too, Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook uh, again, just do a search for us or there are links on the website. We chat Doctor Who throughout the week, so come and get involved over there. And we have a free Discord server as well. So pop over there. Uh, it takes 30 seconds to sign up and you can wax lyrical with lots of other Doctor Who fans about all sorts of who. Obviously, the discussion is very fluxy at the moment, but there are mm. lots of conversation around conventions, collectibles, classic Who, Big Finish. It's all there, so come and get involved. And also check out my co-host channel over on YouTube. It is, of course, the Geek's Handbag. Geek's Handbag, yes. Go and have a look at my videos. I was planning to finish one today, finish filming one, but that's not going to happen. <laughs> I've, started, I've half started filming a, a vid on the new Doctor Who calendars and, and what we're getting this year, and I've, I've done half of it, and I was, I was going to finish it today, but, yeah, I can't. Uh, there'll be a continuity error. My voice will go from being normal to this. <laughs> It'd be like, what happened? Husky Adam. Yep. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so I'll, I may leave that till later. <laughs> yeah. Fortunately... There's tons of other cool videos there. Oh, there's loads of other cool videos. Go and have a look at those. Yeah. Yeah. And Adam's (laughs) on the socials too, under the same name, The Geek's Handbag. So come and give him a like and a follow. And we'll all chat geekiness throughout the week. It's all good. So ratings, uh, buddy. Hit me with the figures. Right. So let's uh, touch upon chapter three, first of all. So Once Upon Time. That was consolidated. I think the overnights for that one was about 3.6 something, if I remember mm. correctly. Yeah. Uh, when you take the consolidated figures into account for the week, Chapter 3 was totaled at 4.67 million viewers. Okay. That sounds pretty decent. Now, we have to mention this, that that is the lowest. That's the lowest seven-day consolidated rating since the show returned in 2005. <laughs> Oh, dear. It's not all doom and gloom, though. Okay. It's not all doom and gloom, because when you take that into context with all of the other programming for that uh, particular week, Doctor Who was the 19th most-watched show of all British television. Mm. So it's not bad, considering there's, you know, a lot, a lot of British TV Mm. across many, many channels. So while it's not amazing, of course, it's nowhere near where we'd like it to be, it's still not, you know, you have to pick the positives out, I suppose. It's not It's not terrible. So that was Once Upon Time consolidated. The overnight figures for Village of the Angels was 3.45 million. So mm-hmm. again, that's another drop from last week. Kind of expected, though, because here in the UK, there's a very popular program that goes out on ITV called I'm a Celebrity, Get Me Out of Here, which always starts mid uh, mid to the end of November and that's um that's a big old ratings pull that one that's, that's yeah. over 8 million viewers watching that one so that's in the same league as like your Strictly's and your X Factors and all that kind of stuff here in the UK so we expected there'll be a little bit of a a decline uh, more so from Doctor Who um for the for the for the overnights because of that show coming back so mm. uh, so yeah it's um but we spoke about this Back when we started doing chapter one a few weeks ago, we knew that the opening episode would be relatively good, but then you always get that mid-series dip as you know the, they start to 
trail off and stuff. And I yeah. imagine for the finale, which is next week, unbelievably, uh, for the finale, there'll be a little spike as people see how it's going to wrap up and lead into the festive special. So, yeah, that's the rating stuff. Mm, Okie dokie. Yes. Yeah. Uh, talking of the festive special, we've actually been given a little synopsis for that. Um, so we they've released this cool picture of the TARDIS with like, I mean, is it cracks in the TARDIS or is it vines around the TARDIS? I don't know. But the TARDIS it looks like gouges, look too... big scratches to me. Yeah. yeah. Yes. Yes. It doesn't look too well. Uh, <laughs> but like myself. Uh, but uh, yeah, it looks a bit damaged. And uh, the little synopsis, and it is little. It's very brief, so brief that I couldn't even find it when Gary sent it to me earlier. <laughs> I was like, well, where is the synopsis? Is uh, Sarah owns and runs Elf Storage, and Nick is a customer who visits his unit every year on New Year's Eve. This year, however, their night turns out to be a little different than planned. Now, I haven't bothered reading the actors' names because <laughs> I can't pronounce them, <laughs> so I don't know. But um, what a rubbish synopsis. <laughs> I'm not Are sure if that's the to final get me one. Excited. <laughs> I'm really not sure if that's the final synopsis, dude. Oh, um, let me know, not. Yeah, basically, these two characters uh, are going to have a weird night. That's your lot. <laughs> that's your lot. Storage unit, elf storage. I'm assuming Daleks are going to be in storage, and I don't know. <laughs> Daleks in storage could be, I don't know, could be Ood in storage. Who knows? Oh, it could be a nude. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, it's going to be something like that, isn't it? But yeah, I'm sure we'll get a better um, synopsis than that, I would hope, uh, as we get closer to the to the festive special, which is, uh, I mean, they've put the date on the TARDIS poster, which is the first of the first 2022, uh, which looks pretty cool. So, yeah, have you also at noticed least we know the, when it uh, is. Uh, with that date that's on the image, uh, the 22... The top part of each of the number two is joined together in a little infinity symbol. Is it? Oh, so that looks. I kind literally of, just yeah. shut the window. Oh, I literally just go. got rid of. Uh, so I can't see it, but that's okay. I'll go. have a look at it. Yeah. Yeah, but the TARDIS does not look good. I think the TARDIS is a, needs a well-earned rest after all of this. It's not. It's not. It's not faring well. No, it doesn't look too well at all at all uh, just before we smash into the review mate just to mention obviously abominable snowman animated has been announced as well uh you up for this you getting this one yeah yeah i've always liked this the um the concept of this story yeah I've always it's a loved good story this yeah yeah um yeah i've always uh yeah there's something about the yeti you know and all that it's just got that classic trout and feel to it and yeah when i think about the trout and era that's usually the first thing that pops into my head as well is either the moon base Cybermen or it's the Yeti. Mm. So yeah, I'm up for this one, dude. The animation looks really cool as well. Very cool. Is it the same guys who did galaxy four and, um, fury? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. Could be wrong. I, I, I wasn't, think so. Yeah, I think it is. I wasn't a fan of fury, but uh, I liked it in galaxy four. Um, yeah, it's a six parter. I would have, would have, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Anyway, it does look good. I like the, the little trailer they've released. Um, I'm very much looking forward to it. Yes. Yeah, it looks good. So some cool stuff to look forward to then. Got the festive special, as always, New Year's Day. And then it doesn't say when uh, next year this is going to land because on some websites it just says the release date for the Abominable Snowman is New Year's Day or the 31st December. But I don't think it's going to be... I don't think it's going to be then. I think it's some point next year. Yeah. I'm not sure, but... Hopefully we'll get another yeah. nice steel book. 
Yes. I'm sure, I'm sure we will. Oh, there is a steelbook, yeah. But we haven't got the artwork yet. Oh, right, yeah. Cool. Yeah, so you can pre-order the Blu-ray and the steelbook and the DVD and stuff, but this, yeah, it's just temporary artwork at the minute. Rightio. Let's crack on with our review this week, dude. What we got? So, yes, uh, yeah, what episode are we on now? So this must be part four, right? Part four of Doctor Who Flux, and it's called Village of the Angels. Can you state your name, please? Claire Brown. We're missing a little girl. Was that scarecrow there a minute ago? Jericho, wait! (sighs) Everyone in the village disappears on the 21st of November, 1967. Tonight. It's happening again. Angels, eh? Creepy. Creepy. Don't blink. Don't blink. (laughs) (laughs) Chapter four, then, of Flux, Village of the Angels, was uh, broadcast on 21st of November, not too long ago. It was written by Chris Chibnall and Maxine Alderton, directed by Jamie Magnus Stone and... Stars Jodie Whittaker, Mandic Gill, and John Bishop. And the synopsis on this one is, at the end of the previous chapter, Once Upon Time, the cliffhanger was an angel had got into the TARDIS and was controlling it and stuff. So we we pick up, uh, obviously, directly from there at the start of this one, where the Doctor reboots the TARDIS, essentially, to try and remove the angel. And they land in 1967 in a little village called Mediton, I believe. And mm. they come across... A character that we had seen in the first episode, which is Diane, and Diane, yeah. she's uh, she was zapped by the angel in the first episode and sent back to conveniently back to this um this date in time, twenty first November sixty seven, and there's a dude there that's doing some sort of psychic experiments to find out what's wrong with her because she keeps having these episodes. This is Professor Jericho, mm-hmm. and. Uh, once the 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 doctor and Yaz and Dan sort of split up and see what's going on, kind of splits off into two trails. Really, you have Dan and Yaz. They get zapped back to nineteen oh one, same village and everything, same location, just different time, where they meet up with uh, little Peggy, who went missing obviously earlier <laughs> on, and then they bump into future self Peggy. There's a bit of a paradox thing going on there, and then yeah. the doctor teams up with Yaz and Claire. And they're being hunted down and tracked down by the angels. Because it turns out that one of the angels went rogue and uh, hid itself within Claire's mind because she's she's a seer, apparently, and she had a premonition of the angel because we know how that works. The angel materialised or manifested itself physically within her mind. So it's controlling her. But the longer it stays in her mind, she's becoming an angel, essentially. So the doctor goes into her mind, finds out that this rogue angel is on the run he's got some some highly classified information about the division which we then find out is these all these angels are part of what's called an extraction squad who have actually been employed by the division to go after this rogue angel but then there's a little bit of a twist at the end where this rogue angel gets a better deal really it's like actually i can hand over the doctor to the angels and they'll Mm. let me go instead of yeah so uh, a little bit, a uh, little wee bit timey-wimey, not too bad this one, but yeah, the angels are definitely back in full force. So what did you reckon, mm. dude, to this one? Yes, um, um, I, for the most part, really enjoyed this one. 
Um, there's a lot about it I liked, um, and there's a couple of things I wasn't too sure about. Uh, normally, <clears throat> you know, I like to watch an episode twice to really get a feel for it. Technically, I have watched this twice, <laughs> but only once properly. So uh, after LFCC, of course, we went to the pub, and they had it on the TV. And we were like, oh, no, what are we going to do? Let's, so we sort of turned our backs on it. We couldn't hear it because the sound was off it. It, it was on the uh, with the subtitles. Um, but, of course, it's a bit like, you know, it's a bit like the angel. You just can't help but sort of turn your head. So we sort of ended up watching bits of it. So I kind of got to see it in the pub without hearing it. And everything I could see, I was just like, this looks brilliant, this episode. <laughs> I'm like, I, I, I said, I know we're, so we, we, we're trying not to watch it, but you know, all of us agreed that well, we kind of ended up just sort of staring at the screen and watching it without any sound. And it just looked brilliant. So I was really looking forward to watching this. Um, and then I, I actually waited till the following evening to watch it properly. And um, I loved the sort of feel of it, the the sort of darkness. And I thought the angels were um, were good in it. It's, it's hard to find new things to do with the Weeping Angels, I think. And, um, you know, and I think that's why some stories, they haven't been as good as Blink. You know, it, it's Blink still stands up, I think, is one of their best stories. But I think they tried to do some new things with them, like the fireplace angel and uh, and the angel coming out of the TV and stuff like that. And I, I liked all that stuff. And the, the hands coming out of the wall at the end and everything was just pure classic horror and, and brilliant. So I, I liked the story. Um, and I, I liked the angels in it. Um, the bell and Vinda bits, I felt, felt they were a bit, uh, clunky. I don't know. They sort of took me away from the story a bit. I'm not sure they quite worked in terms of the flow of this episode. Um, you know, especially the strange post credit scene we got. That was just bizarre. Um, <laughs> but it was, uh, yeah, overall it's good. I, I have to say, I've got to get this out of the way though. When I watched it with the sound on, <laughs> The one thing that really brought this episode down for me was was um, Jody Jody's performance, the, all the way she was written as being back to bouncing off the walls and being zany, and it really irritated me in this episode because um, I've really started to warm to Jody's Doctor over over the course of Flux, and and I like the fact she's slightly toned it down, and to me this felt like she'd gone straight back to almost Series Eleven annoying Doctor, and and because the episode was quite dark and. And it had, you know, much more serious feel to it. And all the rest of the cast were taking it so seriously. Having that and Jodie in the middle of it just bouncing around, being all, coming out of all this jargon and so hyper, it was really beginning to grate on me. And that 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 kind of annoyed me a little bit because I was enjoying the majority of the episode. But she, I wouldn't say she ruined it for me, but yeah, I just thought, oh no, she's been so good the last couple of episodes. And they seem to have, sort of toned down her performance to a slightly more serious Doctor. And I felt if there was an episode that needed the Doctor to be more serious and in charge, this was it. And instead, they just wrote her to be all silly and dippy again. And I'm like, oh, that that was a shame, I thought, because it was a good episode. And I think if the Doctor had been really strong in it, it would have been a real classic. Um, So, yeah, that's really one of the few things that just sort of let it down for me. But overall... I'm not saying she was terrible in it. I just think, God, it kind of like so close to me. It's such a good episode. And yeah, I just felt like uh, she didn't quite hit the mark for me this week. She's back to being all gobbledygook talk and funny and silly and silly faces. It Just the performance wasn't there for me this week for, for the Doctor. And she's the main character. She should be the best thing in it. Not the thing that's not the thing that's taken me out of the story, if that makes sense. Like the rest of the cast were absolutely on point. I mean... 
Kevin McNally as, as Jericho was just brilliant. Um, the whole cast, I thought, were really good this week. But yeah, Jodie took me out of the story a bit by being so OTT when the rest of the cast were taking it or were written to be so much more serious. So that was just one of the negatives, really. But overall, I thought it was a good episode. I liked it. Good. Glad you like this one, dude. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, for me, I'm a bit... Oh, yeah. It's unpopular Ooh, opinion, defense, I think. are you? Well, no, I'm, I'm not sure I'm into this one, mate. Oh, really? I thought you'd like this one. Yeah. This is going to be... Un- I know our, you know, our our dear listener is now going to be like, oh, for God's sake. Yeah. But, um, yeah, I'm, I'm not into it, mate, if I'm wow, being honest with surprised. you. Yeah. Okay. There are some things I liked about it, definitely. However, I think overall... I'll tell you what it's like, dude, for me. There was just too much... There was, it was just too much. I too much going on again. Yeah, I couldn't enjoy the... The reason why, for me anyway, the the Weeping Angels work so well mm. is because uh, in the just few episodes that we've seen of them thus far, they've always had this real menacing feel to them where it's a little bit like those uh, sort of action-y uh, treading on the fringe horror films from the 90s and stuff like Predator and Terminator, where it doesn't let up throughout the whole film. There's a constant danger, something always hunting you or, you know, following you, whatever. Mm-hmm. And we had that with Blink and, you know, and some other, you know, another couple of Weeping Angel stories where uh, there's like a like a silent thing that's, not silent, but you know, there's there's something that's after you, sort of thing, and it will never let up. You know, you can't just you can't just bash it with a hammer, you know, or wave the sonic and away you go, sort of thing. Mm. But for for me, it felt like well, two things really. The first one was it was just nonstop bombardment, like for pretty much the entire episode. After the first ten minutes had gone by, and the angel started to appear in the village and stuff, and they started surrounding Jericho's house and. Mm. and all that stuff it was just non-stop like the angels are on screen so much and for me that just took away the the what made them cool in the first place so i kind of liken it to when people remake old horror films so old horror films back in the 70s and 80s and stuff the the pacing was really relaxed and it relied more on atmosphere and suspense for the most part and stuff like that and then when you fast forward to the you know, 20, 30 years later and they do a remake, it's all very action paced and it's real quick and in your face. And that can work at times, but I feel like in this one, it was, I just didn't have a chance to appreciate how cool the angels are because they were just slammed in your face like every two minutes. Mm, And there was so, there was so many times, I don't know what was going on with the direction in this one or how it was edited together. I can't decide which way around it was or both, but all of the rules that apply. So that's one of the important things, I think, when you have... Because with Daleks, it doesn't really matter. You can push the envelope and play with it a little bit. So in the old days, all of the sets that were built for a classic episode featuring the Daleks were all flat and smooth Mm. because they needed to, you know, wheel around the set and that was it. Fast forward to modern day TV making and storytelling. If there's a flight of stairs, it just so happens that the Daleks can float upstairs you know you don't you can play with it a little bit with the angels though i feel like there's a very uh 
a very definite rule that applies. And, you know, we all know that rule is that when they're observed, they can't move. Mm. And, and that really is like the anchor for what makes them cool in whatever episode you put them in. There were so many scenes in this one where, ironically, the doctor's bellowing at people, don't blink, you know, don't do that. And uh, the angels are just moving freely, willy-nilly, even when they're not, even when they're being looked at. You know, they're mm. moving around. There was there was about three or four scenes where I noticed it. Yeah. Um, like in the, the, the tunnel towards the end, uh, where the flashlight's going out and stuff like that. There's a couple of scenes, and this is what I mean. I don't know if it's where it was edited or directed this way, I don't know, but there's a couple of scenes where all three of them are just looking in different directions. They're not even looking down the tunnel. Yet the angels are still moving around and, they're, you know, so that really pulled me out of, you know, the, the appeal of that. So that's for me, dude. It's like, it was too much. I, for, the angels are scary when they're not in your face, you know, when there's that looming constant thing, like, are the angels going to be around this corner, you know, uh, and there was a scene that I thought was going to do that, where Yaz and Dan walk into this field and they see the scarecrow off in the distance. I was like, "Oh yeah, wow, yeah. that looks creepy as hell." That's mm. that's cool. They're gonna, you know, but that didn't last very long. And that was a good know, scene, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah, I, I thought that was going to build to something. I mean, that was a reminding me of like Human Nature, Family of the Blood. I don't know if it was intentional, but that when he said, "Oh, who put that scarecrow?" Was that scarecrow there a minute ago? And you're like, "Oh, that that's no scarecrow." Uh, you know, that was that was cool, and it looked, didn't it, very sort of hammer horror with the mist coming across the the, the hilltops and stuff. Yeah. Um, but yeah, yeah, it was over within, <laughs> I was going to say within the blink of an eye. But yeah, yeah, it was just over very quickly. Um, but yeah, I know yeah. what you mean. That, that, that you, yeah, you wanted more of those sort of atmospheric scenes, you mean, rather than just sort of um, all the stuff going on in the house where there's loads of them and they're all coming up the stairs and bashing down the doors. and. and yeah, that exactly that, yeah. mate. Yeah, yeah, it was, um, yeah, it just felt like... Uh, I didn't, it was okay as you're watching the episode. And I think what's kind of happening here, and we've, we've seen this quite a few times throughout Flux so far. And that is the, 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 the motive, I guess, and the, the direction that Chris Chibnall has given to all the directs, you know, the, the couple of directors that are doing this series and stuff. It's like, mm. we can't give the viewer any kind of time to breathe. This, every episode has got to be a full on, in your face, action paced. We can't give them any excuse to complain about slow pacing. Basically, that mm. feels like what they've gone for. And for the most part, I don't, I don't mind that because, you know, it's it, especially with what we're dealing with in this series, it kind of fits that well. It's got that high energy uh, sort of pace, which is cool. But cool. I think, especially now, we're in like that mid, you know, smack bang in the middle of the season or series, should I say, uh, it would have done really, I think it would have been really good to slow everything down and, you know, use the angels really effectively like they have been used in previous episodes sort of thing. So maybe take the foot yeah. off the gas a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think I, I do know what you mean. And um, I wonder, I was thinking about this actually, because it is another episode where it's um, very full on, doesn't really have stop or have any time to breathe. Once again, we're having new characters thrown into the mix as well. Uh, still not really getting any answers to the questions about Flux as well. So we're sort of, you know, we've only got two episodes left. There's still a lot to wrap up, isn't there? Um, mm. And I was wondering about the, the the fact that there's so much going on. I mean, especially last week where it was just everything was thrown in. 
Um, and I was thinking, do you think that any of this is down to the fact that the series was cut from eight episodes to six? Do you, do you think that's had some sort of impact on the fact that, okay, we've only got six now, we've really, you know, because this was originally supposed to be eight episodes, wasn't it, this series? Yeah, but I think so. I think, yeah. I think, I'm not sure, but I just wondered if maybe, yeah, because they had to cut the series down, they've really had to condense it, and that may be why it's feeling like, wow, they're really throwing everything at us each week. I don't know, because there isn't, they're really, we're on episode four now, and there really hasn't been much time to stop and breathe at all, has there? Mm. It's been really like, boom, 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 one scene after another, and it's it's all go, which is great, but yeah, there's not been a lot of breathing space at all, and yeah. there's certainly not been many answers yet to a lot of the stuff that's been thrown in there, so yeah, I'm really hoping this is all going to pan out. I think that's the thing, we've got two episodes, I just hope that all this stuff that's, you know, intriguing and it's all good. Um, but yeah, I hope it all has a good payoff. I hope so. Yeah. yeah. Cause it's starting to feel like it's just, just all being spewed out <laughs> really mm. quickly. Um, yeah, I don't know. I think we're going to get half of these things answered. That's what I'm series. worried about. And I yeah. think we're going to get the other bits answered throughout the festive special and the other two specials that are out next mm. year. I think, Mate. yeah, I don't think, all of the things that have happened so far since uh, the beginning of this Flux series, uh, everything around Swarm and Azure and the Flux itself and uh, Vinda and all that stuff, I, th- I think some of it's going to be resolved by the end of the series uh, next Sunday. And I think they're going to have some carryover into the festive special and other stuff. There has to be. You can't just... Yeah, I, I can't see them wrapping everything up in two episodes in a nice little bow there you go that was flux and then the festive special and the other ones are just like creature feature episodes just to pass the the year i can't see that but yeah i just i hope two things i hope that i hope it it has a good payoff all this stuff Uh, you know it doesn't need to answer all the questions but i hope by the end of this series there's a good payoff for everything that we've we've seen and i hope it's a good final because this series really is uh, anchoring on on a on, on a good finish, isn't it? It's, it's anchoring on the final being a real wow. That was a you know yeah. you want to get to the end of this series and say that episode has tied you know tied stuff up nicely, maybe not everything, but that was a good mm. end to this series. That's it's. I think actually what I'm trying to say is it's got to be satisfying. Oh, absolutely. Final, yeah, you yeah. know, uh, yeah. otherwise this whole series I think will fall apart on a rewatch if the if the if the final isn't satisfying mm. yeah and also it started off really strong didn't it i mean it's still going very strong mm. don't get me wrong it it's, is um, yeah yeah you know this is some of the best who that jibbers has written and it's some of the best stuff that that jody's done for the most part and i do agree with you actually on her performance in this one yeah it, yeah it, i was gonna ask you yeah. if you did see, yeah because I, I wouldn't like to think it's just me being uh you know because sometimes I just find her irritating anyway. But yeah, did you think she'd gone back to being a bit written to be that sort of zany, you know? It's felt like Series Eleven, yeah. Jody, to me. Yeah, yeah, because we've we've seen a real different side to her. I think for um for the most part, she's been really str- much stronger than she has mm. been in the last two series that she was in, and it was uh, especially the the War of the Centaurans episode. Yeah, I really liked her in that. She was really good. And even actually the first one, if I'm being honest, the first episode, yeah, yeah. she wasn't too bad. But yeah, there were a few scenes in this one where it was like that silly, quick, babbly, talky. You know, there was a, a few, especially when she was around 
Professor Jericho and Claire and stuff. Yes. She, you know, she did a lot of a lot of that, and there's still a lot of Sonic going on as well, isn't there? There's a lot of. <sighs> <laughs> what is she movie. looking at on that Sonic as well? And she does. She's doing it all the time now, where she does a reading and looks at the side of it. There's no readout on that Sonic. What is she looking at? That that annoys me as well. And there was a lot of that. Um, yeah. 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 Some there are some there was some good things in this though. Actually, yeah. oh yeah, mostly good for yeah. me. Anyway, yeah. Uh, so one more thing I didn't like was the voice of the angel as well. I think that's just another another thing that just takes you away from the from the mystery of the angels you know when she goes into claire's mind yeah and you've oh, yeah. got the the rogue angel standing behind claire and and uh it's talking through claire basically but you, it's like a different voice it's the angel's voice mm. i wasn't really too cool with that either it would have been better for me anyway if we just had the you know when that first experiment that that um professor jericho was doing on claire and claire's sort of pupils dilate and then she almost has this kind of horror film possessed sort of thing coming out of it. It would have been cool to just maintain that. So every time the angel was speaking, it was when Claire was being overtaken or possessed by the angel. So when you actually saw the angel, even though it wasn't moving and its voice and stuff, you know, that's just another another step towards understanding what the angels are like and stuff. And I don't want to know. That's the thing about the angels. I don't want to know anything about them. I just want them to be scary, <laughs> mysterious and stuff. So, yeah. Yeah, it's funny, the voice as well, because there was a bit when uh, Professor Jericho uh, was sort of almost having a conversation with the angel towards the end. Do you remember? I think it breaks yes. through the door yeah. or something. And I was like, I wasn't sure what was happening there. I was like, because we've never heard an angel talk before, have we? No, I, I mean, don't think so. Because no. it was actually talking, and I wasn't sure if it was supposed to be. I was like, oh, is it using... Uh, another human's voice to to do that or is that the angel talking I, I didn't quite understand what was going on there but i i did feel it was odd to hear an angel actually speaking um but yeah do you know was that was it, was it talking through someone at that point or or was that just the angel talking or was it just the angel inside the professor's head or i, I didn't really know what was going on in, on that bit yeah i'm not a hundred percent sure because the doctor had rigged up some kind of camera that was fed into the tv that they're in the basement so as the the angels are banging on the door and there she's told him to just stare at the screen so that they can't move uh the the voice comes from somewhere i don't know if it's amplifying any of the equipment that's in the basement yeah, that's what i mean yeah or if it's if the angel's speaking directly into his mind i wasn't sure but talking of not sure <laughs> even though i quite enjoyed this episode I will be honest, and maybe, again, this is why I needed to watch it another time, really, but I, I'll be honest, I didn't quite understand some of the stuff going on. I didn't really get the overall story on this one, and nor did my partner, who um, was just bemused by it, quite frankly. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, I, and again, I, I always sort of take you know, my partner is the sort of average viewer and what they will think of things and stuff. Um, but yeah, I, I, myself, even though I enjoyed it, I, I did get to the end of it and think, I, I still really don't know what was going on in that story. Like why they were trying to break into the professor's house and, and the stuff with Diane and the doctor. And I don't know. I know I liked it, but I didn't really understand it, but maybe that's cause I need to give it another watch. I don't know. But did you yeah. get, did you get the overall story of like what was going on? Like there is a lot of back and forth, isn't there? Like the worlds being split in two, and little Peggy meeting future Peggy, and 
and the doctor was lured there and there, there was there was a lot of stuff going on and the, and the two old people who I did like by the way what were they called grumpy oh, old, the yeah. grumpy old so and so that got zapped by the angel yeah was it Gerald and Jean yeah I think Gerald yeah. and Jean yeah. uh, so I mean yeah they were sort of going back and forth but they did they didn't seem to be too so they got zapped by an angel, but the, then the next thing they know, they're just like, oh, when did it get light? And they don't seem too bothered about it. I was like, mm-hmm. There's, I don't know, there were bits of this that were a bit confusing, I thought. <laughs> but yeah, when Gerald think... was going to pick up the angel, it's like, yeah, right. It's like, <laughs> let's get this thing back to the church. Yeah, you, like you're going to lift that, Gerald. Yeah. Silly old fool. Silly old fool, yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, I think um, for the most part, I, I think I understood what was going on. So right. the reason why the TARDIS had taken over the tar uh, the task the reason why an angel had taken over the tardis at the end of the last episode was because it needed the doctor's help so this is yeah, so before yeah, the end of the of this episode where uh, it still needed the doctor's help and i think in exchange for the doctor's help it had some information on the doctor's memories that's right back yeah, when the whole time was child thing i think all of the the other angels, this extraction squad, they had basically said, look, if you give us the doctor, then, you know, you're free to go or no punishment, whatever that, whatever that ends up being. So the, the, the rogue angel sort of pulls the rug from under the doctor and was like, well, I needed your help, but now I don't because I can give them you, you know, and you're, so has yeah. the angel made a deal with the division? I think so. Yeah. So that was they're one of the. Wor- they're not working for the division. They, they are. They've made. They are working. They for are. The yeah. So they've been. Right. So this group of angels, they've been, they've been employed by the division, to hunt down this rogue angel because this rogue angel has all the information about the division, basically the Doctor, and the Timeless yeah. Child, which is why the division was set up in the first place. They, yeah, because they used to say about you've you've been recalled or something, wasn't That's it? That's right, yeah. So, yeah. Um, See, I saw that in the first place, and I thought, oh, no, that can't be right. The angels wouldn't be working for the division, but but it turns out they are. Okay, right. Yeah, yes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, yeah, so what How was How do you the... make a deal with an angel? Like, they can't be the easiest person to, to negotiate <laughs> with. All right, mate, we're the division. <laughs> you know, how does that work? How do you talk to an angel? Yeah. Not sure about that. Not anyway. sure on that one. Uh, but, yeah, probably a business card. Yeah. <laughs> facts yeah yeah this card brilliant all the angels are just sat around having a cup of tea this is facts has just come through <laughs> it's a job it pays pretty well should we have a look go on him something about the doctor right get your coat come on there, there's a deleted scene i'd love to see <laughs> yeah so that's yeah I, I kind of understood for the main what was going on um and then yeah. the whole thing around there was two time two times two years which were very uh, prevalent in the story so 1967 1901 that was the uh, that was the sort of newspapers they were reading and you know because claire's like it's a disaster in this village basically everyone disappears which is tonight which is 1967 the angels zapped them back to 1901 and uh, so those times were very prevalent which explains why peggy saw her future self because you know her future self was still alive obviously as an old lady mrs hayward Mm. in 67 and peggy and they have that thing where the 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 divide where it's night in the village but daytime for daz and yan and peggy small peggy and that's because the angel had removed the angels had removed the village out of space and time so there wasn't that um you couldn't just walk through the village 
in a different time zone and not be aware of anything. It's actually, you know, two separate chunks in the time stream, I suppose. Mm, which is pretty cool. I like the fact they made cool. the date yeah. um, November 21st as well, the date it was aired. I thought that was quite cool. Yeah, yeah, that was quite cool. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was cool. So, there, yeah, actually, that, yeah, so like I said earlier, there were quite a few things I did like. There were some positives this episode for sure. So, uh, one of those things was the um, uh, Dan and Yaz, when they get zapped back, they had this mm-hmm. very, um, I, I like the, the dynamic where Dan's still kind of learning this stuff. He's still experiencing all this stuff for the first time. So he's like quite worried, actually. He's like, are we going to be able to get back? Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, she's a bit more comfortable. I think she's got a little bit of a, what's the word? What's the phrase? She's got, she feels like there's a bit of a safety blanket because she knows Mm. that ultimately the doctor's going to save them at some point. They just need to get through however long they're going to be in this time zone. But she's quietly confident, I think, that the doctor will turn up at some point. Uh, and rescued him whereas dan he's never had this before um not knowingly anyway so in the last episode you know where everything went completely bonkers and Mm. dan was in various different times and stuff i think to him he wasn't aware that time was changing Uh, there was the odd little thing where it was like was it night a second ago or why are we here sort of thing but he can't really explain it he doesn't know exactly why that's happening what's going on whereas this one he knows a hundred percent that they've been zapped back in time and there's no way back so for him, this is like new territory, like crap, kind of stranded here, aren't we? Mm. Yeah. So that was very cool. And I like the 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 this little Peggy, you know, she's trying to figure out what's going on and and uh, and they're having an investigation and stuff. And then they find that big, um, as well as the divide where the village is in future time, which is night time, and they can still communicate and stuff. But when they go the other way and they try and leave the village there's just that edge of the world it feels like where crumbling yeah and so that looks awesome yeah that mm. looks very cool yeah i liked all that i liked the setting as well that, that felt quite old school dot two to me the the village itself was a little bit sort of demon-esque wasn't it with yeah, the church and yeah. and all that and the sort of um yeah i really liked the setting of all all of that stuff uh, made it quite creepy with the vicar and everything mm. at the beginning yeah it, it kind of um it also had a it, this episode felt like it was really heavily borrowing from other episodes of who that we'd already seen. Yeah, I did think that. Did yeah. you think that? So <laughs> yep. the the whole thing with Professor Jericho doing the whole experiments and stuff, that felt very, very similar to, I think it was Hyde. Was it Hyde? Hyde, yes. What, uh, that Matt Smith, uh, the Doctor and Clara, when they go to that haunted house and there's yeah. that professor played by that scottish actor what's his name dugray scott mm. you know when he's doing experiments and that his girlfriend or wannabe girlfriend is psychic and all that and it felt really similar and then the angels obviously uh because we've not seen them a dime a dozen like we do with the daleks and stuff mm. it's easy to sort of take your memory back and think like oh yeah well, you know this is you know feels quite similar to other other episodes with the angels apart from the whole hearing them speak and all that stuff. And also they did, they did say, I think again, a rewatch would confirm this, but I think when Gerald and Jean was zapped a second time, they were killed. Cause I they think were. they said, yeah. they said something like, Oh, you, you, um, you know, if you see an angel twice, you're dead or something. I, that's new, isn't it? I've, I've never heard that before. If a, if an angel zaps you twice, the second time you're dead. I think so. Yeah. I think, well, it was never, I don't think that was ever specified. 
yeah. in all the previous episodes with the angels. I'm pretty sure the only information that we ever got was they'll zap you back in time and then feed off that time energy. It's the whole point of them doing that. Mm. Oh, as I've written it down. No one survives it twice. I yeah. Think the line. Yeah. Yeah. Which is, uh, I think is new. I, I, I've never heard that said before. I think so. I, I'm pretty mm. sure I've not, we've not seen that before, but that's, that was cool though. Yeah. That was very was- cool. And the way that they, they died as well was, you know, uh, very my- sort of, um, MCU Thanos with the snap. Yeah. You know, that kind of thing. Yeah. That was cool though. And then Peggy was like, he was horrible, horrible to me anyway. <laughs> and uh, my other half went, oh, what ungrateful little brat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those two were pretty cool, actually, Gerald and Jean. They were, uh, that was almost like an adventure in space and time, you know, with, there are a few scenes with, with Hartnell, David Bradley's Hartnell at the beginning. He's always snapping at his granddaughter and stuff. And Oh, yeah, I really thought of it like that. And they yeah, almost yeah. dressed yeah. the same as well. And, uh. Yeah, so it, it felt like Chibbers and Maxine Alderson were like, shall we watch a lot of Doctor? Let's watch, just binge watch all the Who we can in the run-up to writing the story and scripts and stuff. And they just post-it notes everywhere like, yeah, that episode had that bit in it, so we'll borrow that. This episode, we'll borrow that bit and we'll do that bit. And mm. Yeah, so that's another thing as well. It's, there wasn't much in in terms of, I think they were trying to be original with things, like with the angels' voices and this you never survived twice and stuff they were trying mm. to be original but yeah you still felt they borrowed quite heavily they, they borrowed yeah. a lot from other episodes or well at mm. least the themes anyway the yeah. themes of other episodes but yeah i mean the stuff with uh jericho in the basement and stuff that was all quite cool um it was good that you know the doctor went in there and she was you know uh really in, uh really impressed with all the equipment and stuff and mm. uh it was it was funny when the doctor said, you know, I'm going to go into your mind. You know, do you give me permission, sort of thing? And then Jericho yeah, put those stuff. two uh, sort of uh, brain monitors, brainwave monitors on their on their heads and stuff, and just started experimenting anyway. And, See, I quite like yeah. the stuff in the beach uh, on mm. the beach when she was talking to the angel. But I think it's, that's, it sounds to me like you didn't particularly like that. But was it just the fact you didn't like the angel talking? Yeah, but, yeah. Otherwise, yeah. See, it was I like, cool. I like, yeah. Yeah, I was going to say, I think I was more, I, I liked it more in a visual sense. I thought it looked pretty cool with um, with the sea sort of parted and all the stuff going on there and, you know, everyone looking quite windswept. I remember seeing filming pics of that, don't you? Yes. We were saying, yeah. God, they, what a day to record. <laughs> it really looked like it was lashing down with rain and stuff. Um, so I quite liked all, all that sort of stuff. What did you think of the bell? And um, obviously we got... Um, a new character introduced. Uh, what was he called? Played, oh, that played was, by the guy from In Between Us. Um, yeah, Namaka, played by yeah Blake, Blake Harrison. Harrison. Yeah, yeah, he was cool. So, you know? Yeah, I like him. Mm. I mean, I think he's a great actor. Anyway, I've seen him pop up in in other stuff. Um, obviously, apart from In Between Us, but more serious roles. Um, he was brilliant in the Hugh Grant thing. Uh, what was that called? It was English Scandal or whatever. Oh, that he's yeah, great. Yeah. He plays a reporter. In that he's brilliant. Um, so yeah, he's a good actor, and I think it, yeah, he's a good character. Um, I, I was expecting him to be in it a bit more, I think. But um, yeah, what do you think of all the Bell stuff and and the thing with Azur appearing on the cliff top and and Passenger was back and all that? And did that sort of take you out the story a little bit, or do you think it was a, a good a welcome break to, to have something else going on? Um. Yeah, I didn't mind that stuff with Bell and stuff. Mm-hmm. I think um, it was just predictable. That was also 
So when she arrives on this planet, which I think was called, it begins with a P, I think, yeah, Pisano. When, so when she arrives on Pisano and this guy's really excited, you could see that it was, it was almost like, uh, again, it, they borrowed from other stuff. So this is like the, um, you know, the, uh, that, the story towards the end of Tenant's run with the master, Derek Jacob, his master. What was that story? What, Utopia? Utopia. It was mm. almost like that, you know, where there's this there's this uh, kind of, um, well, just that, you know, there's this salvation that's coming, this utopia that they're all going to. They're going to be saved sort of thing. Yeah. And you can see what's coming, though. So when Azure turns up with Passenger, you know that they're all going to get zapped and be carried prisoner within Passenger and stuff and mm. and all that. So it was okay, just a bit predictable, but it was not too bad. And then... Uh, we then see, we then saw uh, Vinda pop up a little bit later, but that was cool that they had that sort of um, uh, this con- this mid credits thing that was very yeah. cinematic. You know, we normally see that at the end of films. Uh, I'm not stuff. sure how I feel about that, to be honest, because it was pointless. It was, mate. <laughs> yeah, but also it was such a strong cliffhanger. Like, I mean, we will talk about that in a sec, I'm sure, but such an amazing cliffhanger, a real, like, OMG. I mean, when we were in the pub, even though we couldn't hear what was going on, we all looked at each other, like, because we could see visually, the, the you know, the Doctor, spoilers guys, by the way, Doctor turns into a weeping angel. We were like, oh, what the frick? We were going mad. Um, so it's such an amazing cliffhanger. And I've got to be honest, if I if that was me as, as the showrunner or director or whatever, I would have said, run, it just seems you want to leave that in people's minds. That's the image you want to leave people with because that's going to make you want to come back next week. You know, so I'm really surprised that they then shoved in that weird post credit scene, which then sort of takes you away from it. And I I just thought it was a really odd thing to do, but I I like the, I like the stuff with the music, like being all weird as well, you know, yeah, yeah. The music was all weird. And then Mm. you got the pre, but the pre credit credit, post credit scene, whatever you want to call it, it was like, it was pointless. It was just Vinda. It felt like a deleted scene or a scene mm-hmm. that they didn't have time to put in, or, or I don't know. It's, it's just oddly placed, and I didn't quite get it to be honest. Yeah, uh, I think it's because um, they just want to. They just want to keep the 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 con the, that story I mean, thread. They just want to keep that in your mind, sort of thing. So as you're going through each episode, it's like right, okay, don't forget, guys. Vinda and Bell, they're still searching for each other and they're still doing yeah. this thing. So I know you've just seen this amazing cliffhanger, but forget about that. We've still got Vinda and Bell <laughs> who are, you know, doing their thing. And it was, just, it was pointless, mate. That was That's just next time trailer stuff. That's all uh, yeah, that is, well, you know. Exactly. That's exactly what it is. I was going to yeah. say, how invested are you in the Bell and Vinda story? Uh, at the moment, mm, Kind, kind of. Uh, I'm just hoping there's a decent payoff there. I'm hoping that when they do finally meet and everything's hunky-dory and baby's born, that this baby turns out to be something cool that's not cannon-busting like the Timeless Child, but cool as in like, oh, that's, their baby turns out to be that character. That's awesome. So I'm kind of, but it's slowly losing its traction a little bit for me. Yeah, yeah. I think I, the thing is I like, um, I like Belle and I think Vinda's okay. Uh, so I'm I'm like you. I'm sort of I'm I'm pretty invested in it, but not not as much as I feel I should be. And I think the reason for that is just because that story thread is kind of getting a bit lost 
because there's so much else going on. And again, maybe this is down to it being six instead of eight parts, but I think it is, that storyline is just getting a little bit lost, hence why we have to have these little weird scenes keep popping up to, like you just said, remind us, oh, don't forget about Bell and Vinda, because if that scene hadn't been there, would you have been thinking about Bell and Vinda at all? No. Not really. No. No, no, no. no, no. So, yeah, it, I guess that's the whole point. It's there. But it, I just thought it was weird. I, I, you got such a great cliffhanger, I would have just left it there. I would not have thrown that in after to yeah, then to then distract people from what was an amazing cliffhanger yeah agreed mate totally and we already had some of the progression with that story we're seeing bell meet up with uh namaka and on Pisano and that whole thing you know we've already had that you know i'm looking for this person have you seen him and yeah that kind of thing and then mm. and, you know so we kind of had a little bit of progression anyway we already know that bell's made another step to another planet. She hasn't found him, so she's off again, and we already had that. If they were going to do something, sorry, you know, having decided to do something quite experimental with Who anyway, with the mid credit scene and the glitchy stuff like that, that could have been used for something else. That could have been yeah. used to tease something that might have been coming up in the next two eps to close out the series maybe, and it was like, oh, that's a, that's not... So the, the purpose of the next time trailer is to get you in that sort of hyped up mood like i can't wait for next week whereas that cheeky little mid credits thing could have been used to a oh who's that then or what's what's happening there but it was just like it was just a pointless like you said it felt very much like a special feature on the blu-ray that's a deleted, a deleted scene, scene. scene yeah 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 exactly mate yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Um, I just I just just looked at my notes as well. I forgot that uh, Jody actually says reverse polarity of the neutron flow, doesn't she? That's cool. It's yeah. kind of cool. Yeah, that's always like reversing the polarity. Yeah. <laughs> what did you think to um to Kevin McNally then, Professor Jericho? Because he's quite a cool, quite a cool character, isn't he? He was fairly strong and um, yeah, was just uh just one of those old school characters. Uh, that was written pretty well, to, to be fair. And I think Kevin McNally played that very well. Yes. I, I liked him. I, I thought he was uh, really good. I thought I really liked his performance as well. And um, it was really bugging me. I knew he'd been in Dot 2 before, and I was like saying to the other guys, what, what, what Doctor Who was he in? <laughs> and, um, of course, it's one of the old classics, isn't it? It's, um, uh, <laughs> I've forgotten it. Twin Dilemma, is it? Twin Dilemma he was in. And he looks completely different in that. He's the guy who wears the sparkly top. And Oh, of course, uh, yeah. yeah. Yeah, he's in that. Um, Back looks in 84. Yeah, Hugo wow. Lang. That's it. Twin Dilemma, uh, yeah. So, yeah, he's in that. Um, and, uh, yeah, no, I just thought he was really cool. And he's one of those characters I love to see in Doctor Who. And he reminded me um, a little bit of the character from The Curse of Fenric. You know, the guy played by uh, Dinsdale and oh, Dr. Yes. Judson. You remember how he's yeah. just so into his experiments that he's just like, he's not a bad guy, um, uh, Jericho. He's, you know, he's not a bad, he's, he, he's just fascinated by what he does and he, he wants to get answers. And I, yeah, I thought it was a really nice performance from him as well. I was, I was rooting for him for most of the episode, but I like the fact he was like, when he was doing the experiments and stuff, he's pushing it to the limit, you know, just, <laughs> he, you know, he doesn't, he doesn't want to kill diane but he he really wants answers and stuff like that so yeah he's a good character i liked him he was good yeah and what do you think to diane then because we finally get an answer as to why she's here in the first place because she popped yeah. up in the first episode and she was surprised to see the doctor now we know why you know we know uh she wasn't meant to see the doctor until this time period um so yeah she she was kind of cool i liked um 
uh, I did like uh, Annabelle Scully. So she did an interview with the Radio Times the other day. And it was quite funny because she said she really obviously enjoyed working on Doctor Who. But she also commented, like a lot of actors do, that there was this real big veil of secrecy that you weren't allowed to talk about. You weren't allowed to ask who the next Doctor is, who it's going to be, if they've got any plans for who's going to replace Jodie. She wasn't allowed to ask that. There was this big, she had to sign like, you know, a hundred different um, NDAs and contracts and stuff to say that she'd never discuss some of the behind the scenes things and she wasn't allowed to talk about certain things. And so they've really, you know, as we've come to expect from the Chibnall era, everything is locked down like to a, the nth degree and she's not allowed to, to say anything. But I thought she was, she was okay, actually. I think she was, um, I, I'm, I'm not sure if I'm satisfied that this character who was like this cool little mysterious nugget of something in the first episode is turned out to just be, you know, a carrier for a, for a rogue angel. I'm not sure if we, I don't know, are we going to see Claire again? I don't know. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I liked Claire. And I just realized, unless I'm getting confused, have I been calling Claire Diane? Because I, I think I may have got those characters mixed up. Yeah, we probably I both may have, been, mate. Yeah. yeah, I may have been saying Diane when I meant Claire, so apologies. But um, yeah, Diane's the one that Dan's trying to date, isn't it? Yes. Claire's the one yeah. that's been sent back time, right? Um, yeah. I anyway, I thought it was a good performance of her. I like the stuff on the beach um, when she's got the angel, because she just looks, you know, really sort of helpless and terrified. And I, I thought she gave a good performance. Yes. So I don't know if we'll see her again. She may have just been thrown in just to, for this setup. I don't know. But, well, she, uh, yeah. well, we probably will. I mean, yeah. she she somehow has to get back to current time to see the Doctor in, oh, that's true. in Liverpool. Yeah. yeah. So she must be rescued somehow or she must be returned to her current time. Some, I'm, I'm not sure. This is this has got to be like, this is going to take the record for the, the most timey-wimey. <laughs> so, you know, this is, Chibnall's like waiting for the award, isn't he? He's like, I've, I've mm. outdone Moffat here with this one. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Moffat's like, you know, either to my detriment or to my praise, I did some pretty sweet timey-wimey stuff. Chippers is like, hold my drink. I was just going to say, yeah, hold my drink. Let me get a notepad out. Let's watch this. <laughs> what do you think to this then? Well, we'll, we'll see we'll who say, takes yeah. that crown by the end of the series. But yeah, he's certainly, um, he's certainly going for it. Let's put it that way. Yeah, yeah. Uh, right. Uh, have I got anything else to talk about? Um so actually, yeah. So Mandip Gill and John Bishop, their performance. I'm still not. What? Um, He's still not. I'm. I'm still not decided on whether I think Yaz is cool in this series so far. You know. No. Because in the previous two, she was always the one that you could rely on to bring either a mix of humour, strength, and a little bit of gumption, a bit of common sense to things when mm. Bradley Walsh and Tosin Cole were just looking bored in the background. She yeah. was the one that they normally wrote <laughs> in to sort of do some cool stuff. However, in this, I think she's still doing that. She's still cool. But she they they can't seem to ditch this nagging, moany tone that she seems to have developed in this series. I know. Do you know what I mean? That's exactly what you mean. Yeah. So it 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 feels like she's not invested in it's not until she gets zapped back to 1901. Then she starts to sort of get a little bit of um, togetherness. You know, she starts to like, right, okay, Dan, we need to do this. You know, don't worry. We, 
we need to do that. Before that, though, it feels like, and in previous episodes in this series as well, she's not really invested in the job at hand. It feels like she's always preoccupied with nagging at the doctor to try mm. and get the doctor's thoughts on this or her history mm. and why the TARDIS is acting weird because it must lead back to what's going, what's wrong with the doctor, you know, and the doctor's being a bit secretive and she's not happy. It's like, she's got this agenda. She won't let it go. Like she, she's naggy and I can't seem to decide if that's okay. Like, yeah, whatever. Or if it's just turning me off, I'm not sure, but she was okay. Yeah. I know exactly what you mean. I think what's happened is they've thought to themselves, right, we're carrying the character of Yaz over into the next series. We need to, uh, you know we need to progress this character we need to do something with it because um like you said she's a bit of a sort of one-dimensional in 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 series 11 and 12 and stuff so we're going to you know round this character out and what they've done is they've tried to make her they've tried to harden her up and make her a bit more confident and and uh in charge but what they what by doing that they've taken away the softness and the stuff we like about yaz and they've just made her a bit annoying and um yeah (laughs) so i still like yaz but they need to it's all well and good her bursting in a room and taking charge and trying to be like the doctor, but you've got to have that soft, likable side as well, which they they seem to be forgetting to write. <laughs> so they're just writing her as someone that goes in and, and, and nags and, and tries to be like the hard nut, but then mm. it, it doesn't really work. Yeah. We need to see the, you know, you need to have the warmer side coming through to make it a fully rounded character you can't just have them as this miserable person moaning all the time in the TARDIS well I think they're trying to do that I think they're trying to get the point yeah I think they're trying to get the point across that Yaz cares a lot about the Doctor yeah and this might lead into this kind of relationship attraction Mm. thing a little bit but I, I think they're trying to get across that she cares a lot about the doctor so as a result of that she wants to make sure she's all right and get some honesty out of her and you know and all that stuff but it's just not being executed very well she's coming across as the naggy the naggy one essentially a little bit rose series too isn't it a little bit mm. yeah she's still cool though don't get me wrong we're not going to trash yeah, her she's you know Amanda right, Gill's yeah. a great actor and a great actress and her character is still cool it's just a little bit naggy and then john bishop still very good still yeah. very very good um, he didn't get an awful lot to do this episode but he, he was good with what he did get to do i thought i think yeah, so yeah and i think yeah. it'll be interesting to see what happens with those two in the next one survivors of the flux because the promo images from that episode which does look really interesting by the way because mm. uh, kate's back and unit's back and kate yeah that was a shock wasn't it yeah and the ood you know we've got an ood next week but yes. daz and yan i think for the most part of next week, they're still stranded in 1901, but they've done themselves up in like period costume and, mm. you know, and so that I think those two are going to have to team up a lot more. So we'll see what happens with Yaz's character next week, whether she still has this pining sort of, you know, we need to find the doctor because, you know, I need to make sure she's okay and everything. And Dan just follows or whether they have a bit more of a, let's focus on what we're doing now. Let's forget about the doctor for a bit. We've got a job to do. You know, let's see where that goes. But John Bishop's still good, though. Just not a lot to do again. Yeah, John Bishop's good. I think they, they just need to inject a little bit of fun into Yaz, don't they? That's what it's missing. She's yeah. she's good yeah. and we're on her side, but they need to have a little bit more fun with those two, I think. I think so, yeah. Yeah. Especially with John Bishop as well. Don't Let's not lose that spark that he's had in the first couple of episodes, like with the whole, 
that, that one of the great things about his character so far has been the hilarious dynamic with um uh with uh Carvanista and yeah. the whole you know walking around with a wok as a weapon against the Santarans yeah. and all that stuff that was all great stuff so hopefully they don't lose that spark mm. that coolness and they that did dampen down a little bit in this one for me from Definitely. Dan yeah. He was a just he was more sort of observational. Just like, you know, what's that scarecrow over there? That wasn't there, was it? And what's going on there? And you know, why is it nighttime and why is that there? So fingers crossed they don't lose that that spark yeah. and stuff. Agreed. Yep. Anything else on your notes, Birdie? No, not really. I mean, we've gone through the cast and stuff and I I know what I was saying about Jody earlier, just a bit disappointed in her in a performance, and I just want to just round that off by saying that the, the reason I'm saying that is because I, I really think this would have been a, a great episode for Jodie to shine. I think this was a, it had enough going on. Uh, I know you, I enjoyed the episode more than you, but for me, it was a, a good story, and it was a real chance for Jodie to to really nail that performance. And she's been getting, but you know, she's been really good the last couple of weeks. And I think that's when I say I was disappointed in her or d- disappointed in the way she was written and performed. That's why I think this is a real. She could have really brought this episode up. I think if she had put in a performance like we very often said, like with Matt Smith, he just delivered the most amazing performance. If you imagine putting someone like him in there, in this story, it would have elevated it massively. And I really wanted to see Jodie do that, and um, and that's why I, I was critical of her performance earlier because I think she did the absolute opposite, which is a real shame. So God, I hope she's back to being. Well, is she even going to be in next week? What's going to happen? Is it going to, hmm. is it going to be a Doctor Light episode or what? We don't Possibly. know. But yeah, because that the cliffhanger was great. Let's not let's not. What forget was your that. face when when that happened? What was yeah, your was like, reaction when you saw her turn into an angel? Yeah, like jaw on the floor for a few seconds. It's like yeah. oh, oh crap. Yeah. yeah, it's an amazing cliffhanger. Oh, one just quick thing as well. Um, we talked a lot about the. <laughs> the production and terrible CGI of last week's episode. And uh, there was a particular friend of mine that was giving me a lot of grief about that. Um, uh, LFCC was like, Oh, you were moaning about it. I said, yeah, it looked terrible. Uh, this week, pretty good, pretty good. But, uh, back to being, uh, much more like the first two episodes in terms of good production values, I thought, but what was going on with those wings when uh, Claire looks in the mirror? <laughs> they will look terrible. <laughs> it's, yeah. like, it's like every week there's got to be at least one scene where the CGI is just like they forgot to finish that bit. Oh, damn, <laughs> we missed the scene in the mirror. But no, overall, it, again, the episode I thought was back to looking uh, uh, good production values again, I thought, this this week. I think so, on, yeah. On the whole, mostly, yeah. I think mostly yeah. because they, they didn't have to rely on visual effects to accomplish a lot of it. A lot of it was physical lighting and... Yeah, you know all that sort of stuff, which is cool. But the two effects I thought were really good was when um, the angel zapped Gerald and Jean, and you know when they sort of disintegrated in front of people, that looked very cool. And then the bit where they got to the edge of the village and you just saw space and mm. and all that stuff, that was very cool. But yeah, the wings in the bathroom, a little bit like nip down to the pound shop, just get a <laughs> set of angel wings, and we'll paint them all do something with them and you can wear them. It's yeah, it was a bit, something looked a bit ropey there. I'll tell you what, the the, the fireplace angel looked brilliant though. And the, and the angel coming out of the TV, I thought looked really good. So Mm. there there was some good stuff going on. Yeah. Yeah. Agreed dude. Yeah. Okay. Scores, scores in the doors. I think it's me to go first. You go first. I'm going to give this dude a, a respectable seven out of 10. All righty. I'm going to go with 7.5. Oh, 7.5. Okay. 
Yeah, I thought it's weird. Watching it without the sound, I thought this was going to be an 8, 8.5 easily. It looked like such a good episode. But when we added the sound on and Jody blah, 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 blabbing all over it, it just <laughs> went down. So 7.5 for me. Yeah, cool. I think um, in the first, the setup was really good. In the first 10, 15 minutes, I thought, mm. crikey, we could be on for like an 8, 9 out of 10 here. This could be yeah, could be a cracking book. Yeah, it's just a bit of a missed opportunity to keep the, the angels mysterious. I think we've, we've gone over the line a little bit that makes them mysterious and just too much as well. Needed a bit slower pace. Ironically, we've said for the last <laughs> few years that, you know, it's uh, it, you know, some episodes didn't reach the high enough gear. They were stuck in third or fourth gear and didn't quite get there. Whereas now it's like, whoa, you know, I don't want to be in top gear throughout the entire thing. So there we go. You can't please everyone. <laughs> suppose, but, uh, on to our uh, listeners then. Uh, again, we had a bunch of you sending your audio review. So uh, thank you very much to Seb Lane, Martin Arnold, Will Sanger, Lewis Palmer, Toby Coleman, Neil Campbell and Joe Turner. Thank you so much for your audio reviews. We're going to play them now. So what did these guys think? Village of the Angels. Well, for the first 20 minutes of this episode, I was slightly underwhelmed. However, the last 35 to 40 minutes was magnificent. It really felt like a classic new story. I thought it was really well paced. Both the main supporting cast were on fire, especially of Professor Jericho, who felt like a traditional classic who character, and I loved the mystery of Claire and her significance. I thought the production was once again fantastic, and they nailed the spooky era atmosphere. I thought the child actor playing Penny was dreadful, she was expressionless and a bit bland, but that's the risk you take with child actors. The fact that these angels were members of the division was really cool, and I love that they are hunting one of their own who is hiding in Claire. It shows how good Chris is at writing returning villains, yet I do think you can tell the difference between when Chip writes the angels and when Moffat writes the angels. Yes and Dad didn't get an awful lot to do, but they were good with what they were given. The next time trailer seems to suggest that they stay in 1901 for three years. That would be interesting to see how Yassi reacts to being without a doctor for that length of time, considering she struggled with 10 months of revolution. I love the sequence where the angels um, attack the Doctor Claire and Jericho in the basement, but it felt like Trimble was using the same old stuff that Muffet had used. Finally, that cliffhanger was spectacular. Visually, it was impeccable, and the best of all, I definitely did not see it coming. It's definitely up there with one of the best cliffhangers in all of Who. It was amazing. So, I'm going to give this episode a 9 out of 10. And by the way, I can't wait to see Kate Lethbridge do it next week. Thank you. Hi, Mo from France here. Well, now, that was more like it. After last week's absolute joke of an episode, we get back to some real storytelling, only highlighting the filler, waste of space nature of the previous outing. I'll be honest, when I saw the episode title, it gave me pause. Undoubtedly, the Weeping Angels are just about the best thing to come out of New Who, but truth be told, they've been desperately overused and have become increasingly underpowered. Not anymore. With a fright factor that really pushed the limits of what is acceptable at prime time, they surely would have scared the living bejesus out of all but the hardiest of little kiddie calls the guest cast shone and there were some truly inspired moments the polygraph printing off the image of the angel being the highlight of the bunch well on chris this is what we want to see and might it be churlish to suggest that he should make use of a co-writer more often perhaps they're the ones doing all of the heavy lifting imagination wise if the last two episodes are of this quality flux will have been a success if we return to the dross of last week's efforts time to switch off very very good and that ending Wow. Best moment since the TARDIS was unearthed in Fugitive of the Jadoon. I'd give this a solid 9 out of 10. Alors, c'est Sufi, je parti. A bientôt, mes amis. Ça, c'est mieux. Hello to the Big Blue Box podcast. Um, I didn't 
give a review for uh, Once Upon Time because I was away with work, but uh, I really enjoyed that as well, and Flux is, is shaping up to be just the best Doctor Who thing in years. Um, and Village of the Angels, yeah, no, no exception. Really great stuff, great ideas at play here, great performances all round. The Angels are really, really well utilised within the setting. They were shot beautifully. And that cliffhanger, like, <laughs> how the hell are we going to get out of this? Like, this is... Uh, what an incredible image to end uh, to end the episode on. I can just imagine Mary Whitehouse now, you know, that, that, that gets left in your mind for a whole week in the mind of a child. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I really enjoyed it. Um, yeah, this flux is just brilliant. It's, it's bold and daring and brilliant and uh, flawed, but I'm really loving it. So, yeah, see you next time, guys. You know, it's really tough keeping this under 60 rels, but honestly, everything I've recorded has just become so angry that I, I have to try again. This is awful. It's The setup was really promising, this this sort of spooky invasion of the weeping angels, but then it just gets bogged down in a load of incoherent rubbish, plot holes that make no sense. It's inconsistent with its own internal logic. The angels have witnessed almost constantly, and when they're not, they don't do anything. Um, it, it, the whole thing of blink don't look which is the only thing the Doctor says in this episode is just completely ignored really they all look and then they don't look and then the angels just appear in the fireplace because a picture magically redraws itself I mean good grief Time of Angels does this a thousand times better with more pathos more tension this is this is amateur it's just style over substance the division still don't know who they are and still don't care. My chain is being yanked by a writer who's getting high on the smell of his own farts. I'm going to leave it here because otherwise I'm just going to bring the tone down. Four out of ten. I gave last week's a three. This was better, but honestly, this, the, the bar is now so low. This is the worst series of Doctor Who I've honestly ever seen. And I feel sad that Jodie had to be part of this absolute nonsense. It's a real, it's a real shame. What about you fellas? So, Village of the Angels, this was much, much better. Last week's episode was an absolute shambles. This week's was much, much better. I actually would go as far to say it's probably the best episode under the Chris Chibnall era. I'm convinced by that. Um, there was loads of new concepts that were really good. Um, the cliffhanger was also very good. You know, the idea of, of the Weeping Angels chasing after another Weeping Angel was class, I thought. Um, like I said, the I, you know, the way the angel did a deal with the other angels to give them the doctor that was class. And um, Professor Jericho was class. The idea of an angel living inside somebody's head was class. You know, it was really, really good. I actually think the story would have been better had the whole Flux, Vendor, Bell, Timeless Child arc not been mentioned in this at all. It would have been better as a standalone episode. It was very, very good. But I hate the Timeless Child arc, and I don't know what the hell they're going to do. And I have a few theories in my head, and I'm really worried they're going to go down that route. And if they do, it could be catastrophic. But that's a story for another day. Um, I, if they hadn't mentioned the whole Bell Vinder thing and stuff, I'd have given this an 8. But I'm going to give it a 7.5 out of 10. Cheers. Hello, Gary and Adam. So this week it's Village of the Angels. I'm pleased to say that I didn't hate it as much as I did last week. Last week was the lowest of the low for me, and I'd be very surprised if any episode can get that low again. Um, I enjoyed Village of the Angels. I think it's a very solid story, to be honest. Um, the angels were portrayed very well. I think Chibnall actually knows what he's doing with the whole 
um, concept of the angels. Um, it had some just great ideas in it anyway, like um, the image of an angel becomes an angel. I'm really glad that was uh, reinforced. It it was just a good episode. I liked um, Professor Jericho. I liked the side cast. I think they were very good. John Bishop and Mandip Gill were good. Jodie was a little bit weak in this episode, I found. Some of her lines were a bit cringy, like um, the uh, scrabble for Jericho's name. It was just a bit odd in some places. But on the whole, I found myself enjoying it, so I'd give it uh, a solid 6.5 out of 10. See you next week. Hello, and here's my view for Village of the Angels. I thought this was a brilliant story. First of all, the bit with Belle and Mind and that side story was functional, it was good. But the stuff with the angels themselves was brilliant. I loved the effects of the fire angel and the angels jumping on the screen. Even though I thought the statues themselves looked a bit cheap and not as good as they have done in the past. But that's just a my nitpick. Another my nitpick is that you can't be touched by an angel twice. Tell that to Rory who got that back at least three times in Angels Take Manhattan. But oh well. Overall, I'd say that actually it was brilliant and I'm actually, I guess the twist with Peggy quite early on but the effects in the ep- this episode were amazing from the old couple being reduced to stone to the spoiler alert, majorly impressive effect of the doctor being turned into an angel it this just blew my mind so I'd say this has definitely been the best episode of the series so far and I can't wait to see what is next with the Division, the Weeping Angel. How will they get out of this? So, next week, Ood and Kate Stewart, by the looks of things. See you then. Bye. Village of the Angels was a really great episode and a really good continuation of Flux. I had strong hopes because it was co-written by Maxine Oldson, who wrote my favourite story of the 13th Doctor era with the Horseman Villa Diodati. This is the best Weeping Angels have been used since Blink, using their basic mechanics to essential scares and thrills, with an angel coming out of the TV screen and emerging from a drawing. It has very dark and sensitive vibes with an isolated village with the characters trapped in one house in one lone location, and the idea of a fugitive Weeping Angel is just great. I did think the plot with a little girl with Dan and Yaz didn't have much impact and there were some plot issues, but I'll reserve judgement as they might get tied up later on. I thought Jodie Whittaker was great in one of her best performances, and the cliffhanger was simply amazing. The best episode so far in this storyline. I really liked it. Pretty much really good score. So I think my views on it were a bit of an unpopular opinion this week. Other than Martin Arnold. Martin did not like this one. <laughs> no. Again, Martin's not feeling the last couple of episodes. But everyone else, uh, some really good scores. So thank you so much for uh, taking the time to do your audio stuff. I appreciate it as always. We're going to rattle through a few of these on the socials then. So over on Twitter, uh, DSG, uh, D Gibbons 2 says... Uh, just when I was walking away, they dragged me back in. As a standalone episode, this was a cracker, 9 out of 10. It may be a symptom of how bad some Chibnall episodes have been, but this is the best one in three seasons. Mm. Uh, Sam says, absolutely loved it. Favourite ep of this era, beautiful visuals and a truly gripping story. Only real gripe was with the focus on Bell and Vinda taking away extra angel time, but still a mm. 9 out of 10. 
Nine, okay. Uh, Tin and Sonic, I enjoyed it for the most part. I think having the angels speak less is much scarier. The tunnel scene was really good and the cliffhanger was great. Also, the end credits theme was really spooky. Seven out of ten. It was. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Proctor Who podcast. Hey. Guy. Say, I've only watched it once so far, and although I did enjoy it, I'm a little confused as what actually happened. But I will record my review for the for my podcast after I watch it a couple more times. So hopefully then it'll make more sense to me. But first impressions are good thumbs up. I think that's Mark from Proctor Who. Yes. Our writer, Jordan Shortman, says, Absolutely fantastic. The Weeping Angels were terrifying once again. They benefited from being away for a while. And there was some terrific imagery like Claire with the angel wings and the Doctor becoming one. <laughs> the out the space stuff did bog the story down, but the rest was brilliant. Interesting, Jordan. Cool. Okay. Star Whovian yeah. says, After three years of dross, this was the first episode <laughs> in the Chibnall era that truly felt like Doctor Who. I liked pretty much all the new characters and the Weeping Angels were terrifying. Only issue I have are the bell scenes and Jodie's performance still being a bit naff. Eight out of ten, though. Yeah. Courier of Who says, I would say it's the best Angel episode since Blink. Jodie was superb. Nine out of ten. Jodie was superb. Yeah. Anyway. Thank you very much. Uh, Marco Bricks UK says, some of the stuff outside of the Weeping Angels was a bit meh, but the stuff with them was awesome. Love the scientist guy's work. And the last week, sorry, after last week, this episode has pulled me back in. I originally gave it a 7.5, but have had more time to digest. It's upgraded to an 8. Mm, okay. Nice. Chippy T says, visually stunning. The village cut off by space. The creepy cellar. Angel hands in the tunnel walls. Black and white windswept beach scenes the amazing fiery angel if people like the idea of pre-hartnell doctor or not um the idea of the division is fantastic top performances nine out of ten okay interesting very much chippy t morgan our good friend morgan says sheer brilliance they nailed the creepy horror vibe the angels were terrifying again kevin mcnally was just great as professor and wow that cliffhanger RTD mm. has to get Maxine Alderton on board as a regular. Eight quantum extractions out of ten. <laughs> nice one, Quantum geez, extractions. Uh, another one of our writers, Matt Steele, says, Wow, wow, wow. Village of the Angels was damn near perfection. Jody mm. was on fire, as was the rest of the cast. My favourite outing of the Weeping Angels by far. I'm currently struggling to think of a better cliffhanger than this one. 9.5 out of ten. Keep them coming, chibbers. Mm, it was a good cliffhanger. Yeah, sure. great score by Matt. Yeah. Uh, lastly on Twitter, uh, Sarah Louise, a running Whovian, says, oh, loved yeah. it. This episode is exactly what Doctor Who should be. A terrifyingly exciting, a terrifyingly exciting pulse razor delivered with a great cast. <laughs> Half like a point off for overuse of the Sonic, though. A 9.5. Yeah. A pulse racer. That's a great phrase, that is. I'm going to yeah. use that. I'm in that one. That was Twitter. Thank you very much, guys, for your tweets. Over on Facebook, I'm going to rattle through some of these because they're a bit long. Just give you the headlines. But Aaron Ball says, a very good story. Scary, added to the mystery. Gave us answers that I really enjoyed and like that who is making me care again. Nine out of ten. Nine out of ten. Wow. Joseph Howarth says, I like this. I like the episode. It felt much like an RTD episode. It was genuinely intense, creepy atmosphere. It had me on the edge of my seat. He goes on to give it an eight out of ten. Mm-hmm. Uh, cool. Kyle Wacker says got to say I'm enjoying this season this is the best mm-hmm. in two years can't wait for next week Jeff Waddle says even the best stories such as the rat in Talons have something that you would change I can't think of a single thing that I would improve in this episode wow more jump scares than many modern horror films arguably the best episode since the show's return 
and certainly with the best cliffhanger. Certainly can't remember thoroughly enjoying four episodes in a row of New Era before. Outstanding by all. Do you, think Jeff's, been, do you think Jeff's been hacked? Could be. <laughs> yeah, this is a, a 180 on his thoughts previously, isn't it? Yeah. Glad you're liking it, though, Jeff. Good stuff. Simon Oscuri says, Modern Who like Classic Who reconfirmed in this episode that Doctor Who is often at its best when it's set in the past. Mm. This series, Jodie is being her own Doctor, not the strange Tennant slash Smith impression she's done in the last two. It uh, goes on to give it um, uh, a 10 out of 10. Wow, cool. For the chib- for this Chibnall area, yeah, very cool. Uh, Mark Hugill says, loved all the parts with the Doctor, Jericho and Claire against the Weeping Angels. So much tension and drama. The Belvinder sections felt like the cut... Uh, uh, the courtroom scenes from Trial of a Time Lord. A mm. bit tiresome, but reminded the viewer we were still watching a bigger linked story. That's very true. Mm. That's exactly what it feels like. Thank you, Mark. Uh, anyway, Mark goes on to give that a 9 out of 10. Rob Kernock, feeling mixed on this one. Too much Sonic. Lots of exposition again from the Doctor. Some dodgy CGI. But enjoyed the Angels and the cliffhanger was awesome. 6.5. Yeah, still lots of exposition. I, f- I forgot to say that. I noticed that as well. Still yeah. haven't ironed that out. Unbelievable. <laughs> <laughs> cheers rob charlie turner and i thought that the centauran part was good this one blows it out of the water i loved it for the most part it's not perfect but it's improvement over last week any day how is the doctor going to get out of this one time will tell it always does mm. baz warrington it has some of the same writing issues particularly the dialogue that the yeah. chibnall era has but it was a corker nonetheless my kids loved it and i guess that's what it's all about uh, Gordon Hudson says this season has issues, but at least I cared about it. For the first time in years, I've been determined to tune in and not missing anything. You could tell two people wrote it. First part was more like a dramatised novel. Second part was a true TV drama. Shades of the Damons, too. You have said that, dude. Yeah, I, I felt that. There's a bit of Damons in there, yeah. Yes, and David Paul Morgan says, what a superb use of the angels, continued use of their mythos. Uh, the use of the village cut off from the world gave me real Damon's vibe again. Uh, mm. I'm loving the interconnectedness with the characters with the division. I'm also loving the return of a traditional cliffhanger with a proper resolution. Uh, quite a long review goes on to give it an 8 out of 10, says David. Oh, nice. Yes. Indeedy. So thank you very much, as always, you lot, for getting in touch, whether it's an audio review or you're commenting over on the socials. I think uh, I'm against the grain on this one, dude. Uh, I well, think, we both are a yeah. bit there if you think about it, i think our scores are probably the lowest we, no one went under an eight did they or so well we we're certainly the yeah. yeah oh yeah we're so yeah we're certainly the lower end of the of the uh thoughts on this one i think but yeah it's cool though it's it, even a bad episode in this series has been better than what we've had previously so i'm like most people i'm still quite invested in this series which is good yes yeah, yeah, so this is good yeah yes Okay, on that note then, dude, um, to wrap up 333, not 330, yeah. <laughs> we all know, but what we're going to review next week. Yeah, so this uh, this sounds interesting. Uh, it's called Survivors of the Flux. So not yeah. really sure what to expect from this one. You know, like this week we knew it was Angels. Survivors of the Flux, don't know. I know Carv- Carvin Insta's back. He is, indeedy. Yeah, but yeah. Uh, on Kate's back. Kate's so we've got back. Unit. So that's, yeah, it's quite... Yeah, should be quite a good one, fingers crossed. Yeah, I think this one's going to be a... Well, it needs to be, because it's the penultimate one of the series. I think it needs to be a... I think the cliffhanger's more important than ever on next week. Oh, yeah. Defo. So we'll see what happens, dude. But cool. Uh, let's uh, let's wrap it there, dude, for 333. All righty. 
Thank you, thank you, our dear listener, for coming back and listening to another week of the Big Blue Box podcast. That has been episode 333. Thank you so much to those of you that have sent in your reviews, whether that's uh, you've taken the time to do the audio stuff. It's much appreciated, or if you've replied on Twitter or Facebook. Uh, it's always awesome to, uh, to see what you guys are thinking about the episodes. So thank you very much for that. As Adam said, next week we're on the penultimate one, chapter four. No, sorry, chapter five. It's chapter five, isn't it? Yeah, chapter five. Yeah. Survivors of the Flux. So we'll see what the flux is going on with the flux <laughs> next week. Indeedy. Until then, remember to listen to all of our episodes for free in whatever podcast app you prefer to listen to your podcast in. Just do a search for the Big Blue Box podcast. You'll see us in all the big popular ones there. Make sure you give us a follow so you don't miss a show when it lands every Friday. Or head over to the website. You can listen to them there as well, which is bigblueboxpodcast.co.uk. You can also read all of the reviews and articles from our writing team. So give those go give those a read and uh, throw some love to the writers as well. They're all on Twitter. Uh, there's links to uh, their Twitter accounts on the article. So uh, yeah, they do a fabulous job, those guys. So um, yeah, go and check those out as well. We are on the socials too: Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook. Links on the website, or do, again, just do a search for us. You'll find us on there. We chat Doctor Who throughout the week, so come and get involved over there. Plus, we have a free Discord server as well. So come and sign up to that and chat lots of Doctor Who with other cool Who fans got a very cool community over there so um yeah lots of good lots of good chat over there remember to check out my co-host channel as well over on youtube it is the geeks handbag the geeks handbag yes plenty of vids on there and a few christmasy ones so get yourself in the mood <laughs> and uh, yeah on all the socials <laughs> get yourself in mood for christmas get yourself and, mood's coming yeah. you can't can't put it off it's coming you can't no <laughs> adam is on the socials too check him out under the same name the geeks handbag as I said, we all chat Doctor Who throughout the week. So come and get involved. It's all good. Right, yo, until next week then for episode 334. My name's Gary. My name's Adam. And remember. Uh, 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 <laughs>